Welcome to Solving for B, your podcast for all things branding and marketing. Kyle here, Digital Marketing Manager at Brand Extract. In this episode, we're breaking down the impact of branding on SEO. You might know that in order to grow your business, you almost always have to have a strong SEO strategy. And one of the most underrated SEO tactics is building a brand. So I chatted with Director of Digital Marketing, Chris Wilkes, about why brand is so powerful and what companies are leading the way when it comes to leveraging this approach. So sit back and enjoy this edition of Solving for B with Brand Extract. Welcome to Solving for B. I'm your host today, a new role for me, Kyle Smith, the Digital Marketing Manager at Brand Extract. And today we get to talk about a topic that's critical for any company's digital strategy and their plans for growth. And that is the impact of SEO and how brand strategy can level up a company's SEO. Um, and then obviously by extension, grow their business. So I'm joined by Director of Digital Marketing at Brand Extract, Chris Wilkes. So let's dive into this topic. We, we've written a piece on our website about it. You're the expert in this area. A company is thinking about developing an SEO strategy. What's your pitch to the CMO or CEO about why that's a good investment? Yeah, so I think, um, I think an SEO strategy is a, um, is, is, should be a part of any business that's looking to grow and looking to kind of establish themselves particularly for the long term. Um, you know, there's a number of benefits to, to, uh, to investing in SEO. The, the, the main, the most obvious one is going to be um, more traffic, right? That's what, you know, people typically jump into SEO for because they want more visitors to the website. Um, but there's other things that, and we'll talk in more detail about this throughout the episode, I assume. Um, but, you know, higher brand recall and visibility, um, longevity, um, you know, the long-term play that I mentioned, um, uh, more brand credibility, more credibility for your brand, um, you know, establishing yourself as a thought leader. Um, but even more than that, um, if I'm, if I'm pitching to a CMO or a CEO, um, you know, I would probably talk to them a little bit about their decision-making habits, um, and ask them how do they decide, you know, when they're, when they are starting out a purchase journey, right? how do you, how do you go about that? What's, you know, what's something, you know, what's your process like? Um, my guess is that at some point in there, uh, search engines and particularly Google is going to be involved. Um, so, and that's becoming more and more, um, common, not only for, um, for B2C, which I think we see that and that's very common, but for B2B, right. People are, are doing research. We have, everyone has, you know, these, you know, these, phones in their pockets. Um, and so it's really easy to look up information about what's the best X, Y, Z, depending on your product service. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's a no brainer. Granted, I do have a little bit of bias, um, because I kind of came up in SEO. Um, but I think it's a no brainer to invest in SEO. Um, and there's, there's multiple ways and multiple reasons for that. I think maybe you get the question a lot, about or people see the value in being the top ranked site on Google. You're immediately showing up and being visible. How difficult is that though to to get that um, that ranking in those search engine result pages? Uh, maybe walk through that process and and how, like you mentioned, it's more of a long term play 
than something that can immediately be accomplished in the short term? Yeah. So um, for one thing to know about SEO and potentially the most important thing to know about SEO is that um, it requires a longer term investment. Um, the process that you go through to rank isn't just create a piece of content, optimize it a little bit, and all of a sudden it shows up. Um, Google needs to see a lot of things from not only that piece of content, but outside sources uh, from the from your website as a whole. Um, it needs to see a lot of those things to get you up to uh, that number one ranking. Um, and and another layer of complexity that's added to that is that um, you know you could you could knock it out of the park or really really um, showcase your expertise in one area of your business, but you fall short in another area of business. So just because you're ranking really high for this service that you provide or this product doesn't mean you're going to be anywhere near the top um, for, for another area of your business. So it's a matter of, of showcasing your expertise, um, not only just showcasing your expertise, but providing, and, and probably most importantly, providing a good user experience uh, to whatever user um, is searching, you know, input, inputting a particular query and trying to get either a question answer or trying to access a resource. Um, and so there's a lot of elements that go into that user experience. Um, and, and one of those by nature is, is time. Um, so if, if you're a company out there that's looking to do SEO and you call a company and say, hey, uh, you know, can you help us with our SEO? And they say, yep, we'll get you up on page one uh, tomorrow they're lying uh, or they're doing something really nefarious that is ultimately going to punish you. Um, really doing SEO properly is a process that takes a while. It takes a long time. Um, and there are, I'll say no shortcuts. I was, you know, very few, if any shortcuts, but, but really for all intents and purposes, there are no shortcuts in SEO. So you mentioned the importance of building a lot of, of touch points that, lead people to your website to learn more about your business that helps Google understand, um, that, that you're providing a solution. That's a common query, maybe, uh, online. And that brings in the topic of brand to, to this conversation. Um, how important can that, is that, can that be leveraged as a strategy for uh, improving your SEO? Um, there was actually a tweet um, not too long ago, um, by an SEO consultant and speaker, I'll do my best to pronounce her name is Aleda Solis. Um, and she responded in a Twitter thread and she said, um, well, the question was, what do you think is the most underrated SEO tactic? And she responded, probably building a brand, dig a little bit deeper into how building a brand impacts all those touch points and affects your SEO. Yeah, and, and I love that she mentioned that. Uh, I know, Kyle, you know, I've discussed it, you know, at length uh, in different conversations. I'm so glad that she mentioned that because I think as SEOs, um, you know, our, our, as the SEO community, we don't um, necessarily um, always give the, the credit that is due to, to brand building for SEO. Um, and what she means by that, I think, you know, um, is, is that what's good for brand, what your brand is good for SEO. And, and I'll elaborate a little bit. It may not be a, 
a ranking factor, your, your brand and your brand recall and all these different measurables for your brand may not directly feed into, um, to Google's algorithm. Um, but everything that's good for building a brand is good is also good for SEO. And, and, and I'll give a few examples about this kind of thing. Um, so for example, um, you know, if, if you set out on a journey to update your brand, right? If you set out on a journey to, Hey, we're really focused on brand. And, and let's just say for argument's sake, we're not even going to touch SEO. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to start really tinkering too much with our content or making, you know, go after link building strategies and all that stuff. When we think for SEO, let's just say you're going to try to build a better brand. So what does that entail? Um, well, it entails, you know, looking at, um, you know, your overall brand experience, how people interact with you, how you interact with them, the consistency, uh, the feel users get whenever they, they visit any touch point, whether it's online or offline, um, aligning your internal teams with that, that singular focus and mission. Um, and so if you're, if you are, if you're working on your brand, because we know that your brand is more than a logo. It's more than a set of colors. It's more than, um, you know, it's, it's more than just, you know, a, a tangible group of things. It's really about how people feel about you and how they connect with you. Um, so if you're working on all of those things and uh, you're doing a good job, the results of that are positive sentiment, right? Positive sentiment from your target audience, uh, good brand experiences that people want to talk about, that they want to share. Um, so as you're building your brand, what you're doing is you're kind of building advocates, whether it's online, offline, whatever it might be, if you're building that brand experience to be a positive one, what's going to happen is then people are going to be more inclined to uh, speak positively about the brand. They're going to be more inclined to tell their friends. If they have a Facebook page, they're going to, you know, mention this wonderful experience that they had with your brand. Um, they're going to go to Google reviews and say that, you know, company XYZ exceeded my expectations. Um, if, if they have a personal blog or, or, you know, some other forum, um, they're going to link off to you or they're going to showcase this new wonderful product that you provided to them um, and talk about how is it, how it made them feel and, and how it solved their problems. Well, those links, um, those reviews, uh, those mentions online, Google does see those as direct ranking factors and they're going to start kind of more or less um, gobbling those up and putting those into their index and, and, and taking those cues into account. Um, and, and what's going to happen is that Google's going to begin kind of showing your results a little bit higher because, Hey, look, they're, what ha what's happening is Google is taking notice of um, this buzz that's happening around your brand and saying, Oh, look, this brand is providing a great user experience as evidenced by all these great reviews and these links and all that kind of stuff. Um, so what we're going to do as Google is we're going to, you know, bump them up higher in rankings. And the reason Google does that um, is because their stated goal is to provide useful information and provide a positive experience um, for their users online. Right? So if we're doing that, if we as, as a brand are providing our, our, um, our audience, great experiences online or off again, Google's going to take notice of that. And 
they're going to say, oh, look, they're, that brand is making the experience better. Therefore, if we've served that result to our, to our users who are searching for this particular item or this particular service or whatever it might be, then that's going to make that person's search experience, the, the entirety of it, better. Um, and this is, this is borne out in, in, uh, you know, there's evidence of this, um, in, in Google's algorithm, right? Um, they do track bounce rate. They do track, uh, pogo sticking. They do track engagement rate. So if part of your brand experience is to provide something great and that, you know, extending that to online, um, let's say you do earn the right to be on top, you know, on page one of rankings and someone clicks, onto your, um, onto your result and they immediately leave, Google's going to then take that signal into account, understand that, um, that, Hey, maybe they're not providing a great brand experience on the flip side of that. If someone finds what they're looking for and has a great experience and then goes a step further and talks about it later, those are all factors that Google's going to to consider. And then they're going to move you up even further. So maybe you get on pay, you know, ranking or excuse me, uh, ranking position number nine. So on page one, number nine. Um, but if you provide a great user experience then maybe next time they jump you up to number six and then five and four and then three, and then that's how you kind of make your way up the rankings is by kind of proving to Google over and over again, that you're bringing value to these searchers, uh, and therefore helping them fulfill their mission. I know that's a very long winded way, um, of, of talking about how kind of brand correlates and there's a lot of ways, but I think that's the most, um, I think that might be the most direct path to, to how the two correlate. When you talked a little bit about how brand is, is perception, it's a, it's a company's reputation, uh, in the marketplace and, um, and it drives awareness, um, and to, to kind of boil down, I think of what you were talking about and, um, and its impact is that awareness drives search, search drives traffic. And if your website's optimized, that traffic results in, uh, in revenue. So it has, it has a, a tangible business impact. Um, when you kind of look at, look at, look at it in that way as a sequence, no um, are there any companies from your perspective that are good examples of having a strong brand that have reaped SEO benefits as a result? Yeah. So, so my favorite example of this is Kleenex and, and partially because it has very, you know, like their strong branding goes, goes back to before the internet, before SEO, you know, um, before all this was a thing. Um, so Kleenex, um, they've built their brand over time. Right. Um, we talk, we've talked about it before Kyle, that, um, if you were looking, if you had a cold and you were looking for something to help you, um, you know, clear up your sinuses and all that kind of stuff, you are very likely going to, um, to search for Kleenex as opposed to facial tissue. Right. I mean, Kleenex is a brand of facial tissue, but it's synonymous with or It's interchangeable even with that word. Um, the data bears this out. If you go look right now on Google trends, uh, over the past year, Kleenex versus facial tissue, Kleenex has searched significantly 
higher or more commonly, excuse me, um, than facial tissue. Um, so, so what you've done is you've, and we've talked about this being like a way to kind of reverse engineer SEO is if you really build up your brand in, in, in that case, in this case, if you, if you kind of become the prominent brand in your niche, whatever that might be, um, if you, if you can become a verb, much like Google is, right? If we want to look for something on the internet, what do we say? Hey, let's go to a search engine and search that. No, we say, hey, go, go, go Google it, right? Um, a lot of people default to a Zoom meeting as video conferencing, right? So it's these kind of associations um, through really strong branding that have kind of, uh, that, that reap a lot of benefits in this niche. Um, and it bears out. I did a little research ahead of this, uh, this recording um, so if you search, if you search Kleenex, obviously Kleenex is going to be number one and probably, you know, uh, under it, there's probably going to be a couple more allusions to that. And there's not going to be a lot of competitors on there. But if you do search facial tissue, if you're one of the few people who search facial tissue, um, you're going to find the Amazons, you're going to find the targets, the Walmarts, I think, uh, even Home Depot was in there, um, uh, uh, maybe it was a uh, office depot, but it's all these retailers, but still on page one for facial tissue, the only brand. And actually I went to page two. The only brand that is persistent in there is Kleenex. Kleenex shows up on page one. It's lower, but it just goes to show that if you put together really good branding, Google's going to, Google's going to understand, um, excuse me. If you put, if you perform these searches, Google will understand what you're you know looking for um and they'll try to serve you the best of that so facial tissue um everyone knows that kleenex is um it's synonymous with facial tissue so google is therefore going to add that into page one where no other uh no other facial tissue brand is present on the top two pages i mean that in itself is worth just an incredible amount of 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 marketing dollars right just Buttoning, buttoning up your brand to that level to where it becomes synonymous with your product or service is huge because now Kleenex owns that space. So that's one of my favorites. We talked about Zoom. Um, we talked about Google. Those are probably more, you know, um, more recent examples. Um, I think we've talked uh, Purple, the mattress brand. Um, if you search purple right now, uh, there's probably going to be a fair amount about the color. Um, but you'll also see something about mattresses. So, um, it, it really, there is a, there is a, a flywheel effect of, um, of if you do really good branding, um, that the SEO will follow. And by the same token, on the other side of that coin, if you are able to, and this is, I, th- I think my, my hypothesis is that this is a lot tougher to do, but if you do really good SEO and you start to gain visibility for that and uh, for your niche, for example, um, the reverse can also be true, right? You can also reap the benefits. Your brand can benefit from having SEO, from having strong SEO performance. Um, it's just like the stuff we talked about earlier, brand recall, visibility, trustworthiness, uh, thought leadership, all those things become associated with your brand um, because anytime someone searches for whatever service that you're, you provide, 
or product you provide, uh, they automatically see your brand. So there's a, there's that association that, um, is almost, um, um, I don't say inadvertent, but it's this association that's, that's kind of not top of mind. It's kind of subconscious that makes you buy into that brand more because you feel like it's more trusted. Um, so there's, there's some, there's certainly, uh, going back to what, um, uh, Alita mentioned, hope we're pronouncing that right. Um, what she mentioned is that there's certainly a lot of, of overlap in, in the things that are good for branding are also good for SEO and vice versa. The, the Zoom example that you mentioned earlier fascinates me because this is a company that has been around for the better part of this decade, but only in 2020 has it really um, you know, reaped the benefits of that, that brand building over six, seven, eight years, where in March we have a pandemic hit and businesses shift to uh, going completely virtual. And what is top of mind at that moment in time? For many, many people, it was Zoom. And uh, you look into the data and, and Google, Google Trends, um, Zoom over um, Google Meet, over Microsoft Teams, just dominated. And it, it took, completely changed their business. Um, yeah. well, attracted new investors. All, all these positive outcomes because of that long-term play um, that they made. And I'm glad, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Kyle, because I do believe that um, you touched on an important point: is that you know, uh, building a brand takes time. SEO also takes time, but it's not you. The whole point of SEO and the whole point of of the way marketing really is shifting, you know, these days. No one wants to be sold to. People want you to help them solve their problems. So. What we do with our marketing and what we try to advise clients to do, um, particularly in the world of content marketing, but just in general, you know, sales is a different animal, but when we're talking about marketing. It's help your users or your audience or whoever it might be, help them solve a problem. Showcase your value, showcase your knowledge. And then when the time is right, when they are ready to buy, the goodwill you have built up, the... Um, the thought leadership, the expertise that you have, have instilled in their brain as the, the go-to person when it comes to this subject or another, um, that's when that activates, right? That's whenever that, um, you know, and the, the example you brought up with Zoom is that Zoom was building a brand for the better part of the decade. And then when the opportunity, you know, it was obviously terrible for everyone, the pandemic, um, but for their business, they were positioned to capitalize on that because they had invested in their brand. So it's not something that, to your point, WebEx could have decided, oh, man, we have a pandemic. Everybody's going to shift to remote. Um, let's work on our brand right now because at that point, it's too late. You needed to invest in your brand prior for, to reap the, in order to reap the benefits um, that were that zoom is now reaping right and they they did the hard work up front and now they're reaping the benefits of of that and and are now synonymous with with uh, video conferencing so um it, and no one could have predicted a a pandemic coming but they were appropriately positioned to capitalize when the time did come 
the right. purple mattress example is another really interesting one to me because like you mentioned, you, you type into Google purple and you're going to get results about the color, but there are more monthly searches for purple mattress, the exact phrase over purple, like exact match of the brand. And that they've captured this mind share where people are turning to, to Google and search engines to learn more about the brand itself. And they're going to dominate the results of those pages as a result. Yeah. And, and if there is, you know, if there is an end game for SEO, which it's, uh, I'm here to tell you that, that it, there is none. You are, you know, when it comes to SEO, the goal is to, um, to, to always be kind of improving and, and trying to find new ways to, to garner maybe more of the SERP. And then beyond that, to, to help users, um, um, have a, a more positive experience on your site. So you should always kind of be evolving your SEO strategy, particularly because um, algorithms change and trends change and competitive behaviors change. So the landscape's ever, ever changing. But if there was an end goal, the closest thing we have to an end goal anyway is to, to establish your brand so much, going kind of back to the Kleenex and the purple mattress example, that you see branded searches rise continue to rise for you um and what that does is that just kind of cements it's it's kind of the next evolution in in um in search engine in search engine optimization because if you've gotten to the point where you're owning all the serps and now people are so enthralled with your brand or impressed with your brand or identify with your brand or enjoy your brand so much that they're now seeking out branded searches for purple mattress, for example, and that number continues to rise. Well, the easiest thing arguably to do in SEO is to rank for a branded search. You should be ranking for your branded searches. So if people are searching for your brand, not only, not only does that allow them to see your website, but it, frankly, if you search purple mattress right now, I haven't done it, but I'd venture to guess that if you search that, you would see um, a, a SERP, a search engine results page that um, includes links to the website, maybe probably multiple links to the website, maybe to their social channels, maybe to tweets about purple mattress, maybe to reviews about purple mattress. So if you look through all those, those you know, one through 10 organic links, those are all different brand touch points that are now going to Purple Mattress as opposed to if someone just said um, comfy mattress or um, you know new mattress or whatever it is. If they're searching for Purple Mattress, first of all, the likelihood that they're going to click on your site is significantly higher. So your click-through rate is going to go through the roof. But second of all, um, there's less of a chance that they're gonna that there's gonna be competition on that page because, or, or at least competition that takes them away from from your brand, right? So again, all the social channels, the reviews, maybe news articles about them, those are all now brand touch points that you've kind of established yourself, um, or excuse me, that you've kind of um, made available uh, once you've established yourself as that leader in um, in a particular uh, vertical. So looking back at 
2020, we've, we've seen it all and we've seen the business impact for so many companies, companies struggling as a result, companies weathering the storm and companies kind of seizing the moment and, and thriving under these circumstances. And I wonder, talk a little bit about how branding and SEO, you mentioned they're very complementary to one another, are actually really valuable tactics to help companies weather any storm to, to future proof your company investing in brand and SEO is a really powerful tactic. Talk about why. Yeah. So, so um, one of the nature and we touched on it a little bit earlier, but one of the, the, the tenants or the the nature of SEO, if you will, is that it is a long-term play. So um, I mentioned earlier, somebody says they're going to get you on page one in, in a day, a week or a month, even they're probably lying to you. Um, but, um, that's, that's by design. Google has to, um, you have to build up equity with Google, um, with in search engine optimization. Um, it takes a little while for them to really crawl, understand your site, then understand also the universe that your site plays in. So the mentions, the, the reviews and kind of assessing all the stuff. So what happens is if you invest in this over time, um, and you carve out your position um, and you prove to Google that you're trustworthy, that you're a reliable source, that you're accurate um, and that um, that you are, you know, the, the prominent brand or one of the prominent brands in your space. They don't take that lightly. It's hard to overthrow that because they they know um, that your brand if, the, if you've gotten to, to position one for, for important terms, they know that your brand is going to provide their users, their searchers, um, a positive experience. And so they're going, to, they're going to stick with that until, you know, you look, competition happens, right? Competition is coming um, in pretty much any vertical. So, um, yeah, it, people may be gunning for you, but it's not going to be that they can just copy what you do or duplicate what you do or whatever it might be um, and, and overthrow you. It takes, you know, we, we talk to clients uh, about this whenever they talk about SEO results, um, you know, because everyone's, you know, businesses are eager, you know, hey, how quickly can I, can I up my rankings? And there have been studies. There's one by Ahrefs um, that shows that uh, depend, I mean, depending on how competitive your term is, in a lot of cases, in order to get up to the first page, it's going to take you at least six months. Um, give or take some months, right? If it's a less competitive vertical, maybe you can get there in three. If it's more competitive, it can be up to a year. Um, and, and again, the reason for that is that um, the, 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 once you establish yourself as the authority and you've proven to yourself, uh, excuse me, you've proven to Google that you are trustworthy, they don't take that lightly. So those... I, I liken um, I liken SEO results. You know, I, PPC and 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 SEO are both you know uh, components of search engine marketing. And when we talk to clients, I like to explain it in that um, you know, search engine marketing is like real estate, right? You want more visibility. You want real estate. You want to be seen on those pages. PPC is like buying a vacation home on the beach. You can go buy it, put your money down right now. Um, 
excuse me, renting a vacation home on the beach. Uh, you can go, you can go make a deal right now and say, okay, I'm going to pay um, every month to be here. Right. But you stop paying, you, you lose access to that beachfront property. But um, if you invest in SEO um, and you build a house on that beach, it's going to be more expensive. It's going to take longer. Uh, it's gonna be more, excuse me. It's going to be more expensive up front. It's going to take longer. Um, but once you, once you've built it and once you own that property, it is yours. It's going to be very hard for someone to move you from that property. Um, on the flip side, PPC is I can pay my first month's rent and be in there tomorrow. Um, but again, as soon as you stop paying, you're going to lose that position. So, um, that's the longevity play of SEO, but it's, again, it's the same, it's the same kind of, um, uh, long-term but high value investment as a brand, right? It, at first you're going to invest in when you, when you're, you know, working on your brand, if you're doing it the right way, it's going to take you a little bit of time to build up that credibility. It's going to take you a little bit of time to really think through who you are and what your, 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 uh, your values are and, and what your mission and vision is. Um, but once it starts to take shape, eventually and and you know if you get everyone aligned and everyone's pulling in the same the right direction um eventually you're going to start to see that brand equity start to build up build up and build up and what happens is is a phenomenon called brand insulation which we've talked about on on this particular not this episode but this podcast uh in the past um and now you know that's that's where you start to get um brand advocates and and people who will go out and um, and, and defend your brand, even if you have a misstep here or there. So, um, there's really, there's really a lot of value in, in that, you know, long-term, um, you know, SEO and branding play, you know, another, another nice example is maybe the tortoise and the hare, right? Um, if you think of SEO as the tortoise, right, You're, it's going to be slow and plotting and, and it's going to be a lot of hard work up front. Um, and eventually it'll get easier. It will, but, up front, you may look like, ah, oh, man, what am I doing? Why am I not seeing these results? But once you get there, um, you're, you know, once the tortoise has, has kind of kept slow and steady and the momentum has built, then the rewards are fantastic as opposed to that hair approach where if you, you know, you go, let's go do social media advertising. Let's go do PPC advertising. Let's go do this advertising. You may get some, some um, initial bumps from that, but the long-term play of being trusted in those organic results is, is just, um, is it, 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 as you mentioned earlier, to bring it back to the initial question, it helps to insulate you from maybe the tough times because, um, those brands with, with a lot of recognition and a lot of, um, a lot of, um, trustworthiness built up or, or, um, equity built up. Those are going to be the ones that, that survive and that are, are trusted because whenever things get tight or margins and Hey, it, it's really important that I spend money on something quality. You want to go to a more trusted brand then cause you know, it's going to work as opposed to, you know, throwing money at something new or that you're not quite sure about. So, um, long winded as, as I tend to be. Um, but that's, I think that's the important, um, aspect of, of understanding, you know, the longevity and the, the, real benefits of SEO as well as branding. I'm glad you mentioned the, like the importance of brand advocates as well. Are you, is your company building a brand where you're inspiring belief in loyal customers 
to the point where they're making recommendations on your behalf and it's and it's making that flywheel turn it's bringing in that business if i make a referral to a friend where are they going to go to look up more information well they're going to go to a search engine and if you're positioned to be the first result there um you're you're getting someone who is has a higher likelihood to to do business with you because it's it's through a referral as well so little things like that where again they're complementary to one another i'm going to put you on the spot as a friend say a friend recommended this brand to me called fast so they do like fast internet checkout fast is it's like purple it's such a common word i search it on google and they are number six on the search engine result page. Should they be concerned about that? Or is that something where um, they have, they built a brand where someone is going to be searching specifically for like fast checkout or something like that. Um, for, for comparison, purple, if you type in purple, purple mattress is the number one result still, even if someone searches the color. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't be worried about that. And the reason why is um, is intent, right? So search your intent. If, if someone searches fast, and the purple example might be a little bit, you know, might fly in the face of this a little bit, but if someone searches the word fast, um, it's it's probably a safe bet that they're not necessarily looking for that brand, right? Or at least there's more doubt in that. Um so if, if someone searches for fast checkout, for example, and they're only number six, you know, yeah, you want to, you want to move up that, that list, but for, for brand names that share, that are very generic, like a purple, like a fast, um, I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Worry about maybe those, those different variations. Now, if you are like purple and you've taken over the top spot, that's awesome. You've done a great job. I'm not saying you shouldn't um, strive for that, but don't be discouraged if, um, if you know, again, if, if you share a brand name with something very generic, that, that generic term um, ends, up, um, ends up ranking higher than you. The only other caveat there, though, is that if I search for the, the word fast, for example, or the query, you type in fast uh, on Google, and the queries above me are, are competitors or things that I do, that, yes, that is worrisome, right? That you, you shouldn't have a competitor ranking higher than you for your, you know, a, a branded term. Um, but if you search fast and it's, you know, the definition of fast, uh, you know, dictionary.com or whatever, don't worry about that because those folks aren't your competitors. Therefore, they're not going to be stealing traffic from you. Um, as long as you're in the highest position for uh, what you do, I think you're in good shape there. This one's just so interesting to me because it's a, it's a startup. It's a, it's a newer company and they selected the name Fast. They're trying to brand own that um, and have people be really intent when they go search for them because fast company is like a Mac. They have a magazine fast is another, is a generic term. You have to be pretty, you have to be actively seeking them out to find them on Google. 
So, and that's a really good point because the discussion we're talking about here is branding and SEO, right? You would think if you're, if you're launching this branding journey and, and really whenever, if you're doing a branding exercise, we know because, you know, that's what we specialize in here. Um, but you want to consider all these angles, right? You want to consider it's like, Hey, in the best case scenario, you know, or in my, in my search engine efforts, right? If so, I want someone to be able to search my brand name. And if my brand name is something that's in a really crowded space, you're either, you either didn't do your research very well or you didn't really think this through or you're incredibly cocky and you're you know, determined to make it happen. And which, hey, who knows? In a year from now, two years from now, we might be talking here fast. It's like we're talking about Zoom and Purple and Kleenex. Um, to your point, though, it's, it's a, it makes your, your climb, makes your journey a, lo- uh, a lot harder. Um, but not impossible, right? If you, if you, if you invest enough in the brand, um, and I don't necessarily mean monetarily investment, right? I mean, invest enough, uh, effort and time, um, you know, with that does come money and budget in, in some instances, but if you invest enough in that brand and you build it the right way, um, then eventually you can get there. It's just, like I said, it's going to be a little bit harder. It is a bold, it's a bold play. I mean, they're, they're drawing on the association that that word um, elicits when you think of, you know, you want to be fast and that's the association that they want. Would any company name themselves Apple in today's day and age? You know, they've built enough brand equity over many, many years where they're going to, they're going to own any search engine results and, and they have such a strong brand um, but it's such a generic term that that's fascinating to me. Why companies make those name and branded decisions. Um, well, and, so. and, you know, and, and, you know, Bo and, and, and Cynthia and, and the, the folks here who are in charge of like brand experience and really the brand strategy meat of what we do here, you know, those are things that are all considered in the process, right? And, and should be considered in the process. Is, is, is why are we saying this? Um, you know, you go back to, the, to the, the, the snafu of like the Chevy Nova, right? Like that was, that's like the, the, the marquee poor branding example. You know, Nova in Spanish means no go or don't go. Um, and it's a car, right? So it's like, all right, so this thing, the expectation here is you didn't necessarily you didn't necessarily think through what that brand is going to say about you. So um, while fast is a very uh, uh, ambitious and bold, as you put it, uh, brand name to take, um, you know, there's other considerations, considerations, which include what does the market associate that word or term with your point about Apple, right? If I'm thinking, if I'm starting a, uh, let's say I'm starting my own branding agency or my own marketing consultancy, and I, I say, you know, uh, it's Apple marketing or Apple, you know, Apple brands or something like that. I have, I have put myself in quite a, you know, uphill battle to try to, to carve out something in terms of, of um, search engine, right? In, in terms of search engine marketing. Um, and, and in general, and in, in, in brand recognition, because to your point, Apple is ingrained in us. We know what Apple is. Apple, to, to, if you ask anybody in the world what Apple means, 
you're the very likely going to get one of two answers. One is it's a fruit. Two, um, it's, it's what we have in our pockets and the computers that we're on and all that, right? And, and arguably, people are going to associate the technology company ahead of the food um, when you're talking about, I mean, I don't, I don't have the numbers or anything like that, but you know, if you ask me what Apple is, I'll tell you just my personal example. Well, Apple's, Apple's a technology company. Um, and then the, you know, you know, the other one, Oh, it's a fruit. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you have to be thoughtful about these things when it comes to branding. Um, and not just from an SEO perspective, from an offline perspective, right? You need to understand that you are going to, if you name your company, Apple XYZ, you are going to be competing with the Apple if your aspiration is to get, you know, up here, right? Um, or, or get to the top. Um, if you are a local business that has no aspirations of growing and getting bigger, and you want to name yourself, you know, Apple, you know, Apple clothing store, then yeah, you can probably survive that. And you might, you know, there may be a strategy in that that works for you. Um, but it's just considering what your competitive universe not only is at the moment, but what it could expand to be um, based on what, again, what your vision is for the company. And that, again, it, it starts with your brand. It starts with understanding who you are, what you want to be, where you want to go. Um, if you do that, then those decisions kind of, I don't say take care of themselves, but those decisions definitely uh, are, are easier and more well-informed. Well, this has been great. I think to summarize a lot of what we talked about is that a key touch point in that branding process is through through search engines. And when you have when you have a consistent brand, you create advocates and that creates awareness. And then your brand can be found is more likely to be found online. So going back to that question of like what's what are underrated SEO tactics, brand um, is, is proven to work as one of those tactics. To me, the biggest takeaway in all this is what's good for the brand is good for SEO. And what's good for SEO is good for the brand. If, you know, if it's done in a principled way, right? If it's done according to, if it's done in the way that it should be done, those two things are not, um, mutually exclusive or they're not, you know, to be pulled apart, you know? So that's, to me, that's the part where it's like, if I, you know, if somebody wanted to say, you know, what's the big takeaway from this episode to me, it's like, what's good for the brand is good for, for SEO. So, and vice versa. Yeah. So thanks for explaining all that. Thanks for educating on that. Um, yeah, it was great having you on. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, Kyle. That's it for this edition of Solving for B. If you enjoyed the episode, check out brandextract.com for more content from our team and industry experts about a variety of branding topics. Thanks again for tuning in to Solving for B with Brand Extract.